You're listening to the voices behind Women's Cricket Chat. That's Hannah, Georgie, Cassie, Mahika and Alex. Coming up on today's podcast... This episode is a little different to the ones we normally do, where we sit down with a player or a former player, coach, anyone really who's involved in the women's game, and hear about their journey into women's cricket. In this week's episode, we chat to Lucy Ford, who co-founded Her Game 2, and we learn about why the campaign is so important, and we also, and we felt it was important to discuss her game two and the strides they've made and going into different sports now other than football they've now just recently branched out into cricket and we've always said we want to help grow the the women and we've always said we wanted to help grow the women's game but we also want to make cricket a game that is fair and equal for everyone Hello and welcome to the women's cricket podcast today I'm joined by Mahika and we're also joined by Lucy Ford from Her Game 2. So welcome, Lucy. Hi, thanks for having me on. It's a, yeah, it's a real pleasure and honour to be asked. No, we're absolutely thrilled and delighted to have you on. So I think a good place to start would be just explain to our listeners about what is Her Game 2 and how did the idea come about? Yeah, so Her Game 2 was founded in May of 2021. Even just saying that just sounds weird because it, for the last kind of year I've been saying, oh yeah, it's this year, but no, we've gone past a year now. So yeah, it we it was um my my good friend Kaz's idea. So she had experienced a lot of abuse, like sexist comments on social media for commenting about you know a football scoreline of another team. You know, I'm I'm a massive football fan. I support Bristol Rovers. I'm a season ticket holder and have been since I was have been going. Sorry, since I've been ten, and I'm not ten years old anymore. I can tell you, I can say that. And then yeah, and I think with lockdown, we kind of noticed that you know, yeah, we couldn't go to games like any of us couldn't. We couldn't go watch sport, live sports. So we kind of were watching on you know TV or whatever kind of platforms we could use. And then you know, after the game had finished, people would just go online and kind of tweet their opinions instead of you know discussing it in a pub or still at the game or you know with whoever and yeah it just seemed like when it just felt like there's a real increase in in you know this sexist abuse this sexist comment not just to other fans but to like female pundits and female players and just women involved in the game so we decided to you know we wanted to do something about it so it was FA Cup final day in May of last year we decided to launch a video so there's 12 girls initially involved who support a range of different clubs all over the country. And we all kind of held up comments of what had been either like said to us online or said to us in person. Some of the comments had been said to the girls like face to face. And then, yeah, so we just decided to put that video out, just built up the day before on our own kind of social media, created the Her Game 2, obviously, name. And yeah, and that's where it kind of took off really it was a real kind of we didn't really know what the reaction was going to be we didn't know if people were going to feel like oh yeah this is my experience too or yeah we just didn't know and within the first 24 hours the video got a million views which is you know was absolutely mind-blowing and then from there you know one of our first steps was we wanted to do a survey and kind of get you know get the experiences of you know women in football obviously like I said not just fans but you know whatever kind of why they kind of participate in a game. And that was quite significant because um, over 90% had seen sexist abuse online towards a woman in football and over 63% had experienced it themselves and over 50% uh, experienced it themselves online and over 58% had experienced it in person. Um, and that was 
we had almost 400 responses, you know, when we sent out the survey via DM. And then that's, that was one of our next steps was we wanted to go to the clubs because one of the things that we noticed was there wasn't like reporting systems in place or fans didn't feel comfortable to report things because no, either stewards didn't know how to deal with it or didn't feel like they were going to be taken seriously or I've had instances happen where they haven't been and not felt like they wanted to go back to games so yeah so we kind of went to the clubs and just said you know what we're about what we kind of aim to do um you know having the reporting system in place but also you know having a presence of her game two on the ground and just you know encouraging women and girls to you know attend these games and the responses from the club have been really positive um I think we've got our partnerships are probably over 150 now you know, across, you know, the football league to grassroots levels to other organisations with all kind of each professional club has got a reporting system in place. And also, um, we're also keen to have ambassadors in place. So that'd be a fan that, you know, attends games quite regularly, who can be like the go to between us and them, but also be like someone that people could go to about, you know, these comments, but also someone who, you know, if they've got ideas about, you know, how to increase, you know, female fans attending games, then, you know, bounce ideas off of her and then they can come to us. So yeah, and then dedicated fixtures has been a real, real positive, you know, seeing lots of young girls attending their first game for the very first time because of the, you know, because of having this dedicated game or, you know, players warming up in toe shirts with our logos on. It's been, yeah, obviously there's been some really difficult points. I know that me and Kaz personally have had some really difficult times, you know, even at our own club. But we've also had some really, really positive experiences. And, you know, I think one thing that sticks out to me was Exeter were one of our first partner clubs. And it was released after they did their dedicated fixture. I think they were the first ones to do it in October. There was an Iranian woman had come to the game when we played, when Exeter had played Bristol Rovers. So my team, um, they just announced the partnership on the on the sat- on Friday, sorry, played on the Saturday. And this woman was attending her first ever game because in Iran, she couldn't attend games. You know, it wasn't allowed. Um, and, you know, to see she's, they had the LED boards with the Her Game 2 logo on it. And she said, you know, I, I knew that I felt welcome. I knew I felt welcome at Exeter City. And that for me was just an amazing, amazing moment. Just to even read that, it, it made us feel quite emotional actually, because it kind of made me sit back and think, you know, there's places in the world that, you know, it's illegal for women to watch, you know, sport, football. And I just, I just couldn't get my head around it. I know, like, it's absolutely crazy. And honestly, I can vouch that as, like, as a female, like, even when it comes to watching or giving you a comment about sport, forget about playing. You always get some comment about how you probably don't know enough or, like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's very stupid. And I think every female can relate to this sort of issue. So it's nice to see NGOs like this coming up and spreading more awareness. I was wondering, so, like, did you already have an idea that you want to have an organization when you posted the video? Or did it some, was it something that just came about and somehow it worked out and was successful yeah so when so we were just kind of really wanted to highlight our experiences so that was when we came together so Kaz kind of basically came to me in April of 2021 and said you know do you feel like there's a campaign out there for sexism in football and I said I wasn't really aware of one so that's why we decided to do the video to highlight our experiences so we were the the point of you know calling us what we did that was just kind of one of the girls came up with that name you know we were trying to abandon ideas like what what could we call ourselves or what you know call the account call you know the video the hashtag and then yeah that's we just when we posted it we honestly didn't know what sort of reaction and since then it's just kind of just like completely kind of steamrolled I guess you know I think you know there's been times where I've had to really sit back and like pinch myself you know to see for example we partnered with 
Leeds United and they did a dedicated fixture against Manchester United and all the first team Leeds players were wearing Walmart tops with our logos on and it was live on Sky Sports. Now for us, that was, you know, that was a real like wow moment because it, you know, it reached another level of audience that it hadn't had before. You know, we're, we're literally just 12 female football fans, you know, and I, for example, I, in my day job, I, you know, we all kind of, we also all do this voluntarily as well. So we all, you know, we all do day jobs. So, you know, Kaz works in like in video and kind of in media side of things, but more like as an edit assistant, I work in like council, so I'm more admin based. Leah kind of does graphic design and Amy works in theatre. And Eve, for example, she works for, she works for Leicester City in the community, but she's kind of more community side of things. So when we did it, we just kind of was just like, well, this is just a video. We didn't think that it was almost, it's almost sometimes, you know, every day there's something, you know, another email, someone wants to partner, chat about something. And, you know, and it is amazing, you know, and, you know, one of our key kind of next aims is to go, we're really keen to kind of spread it into schools and education, not just from, not like just at primary school level, but secondary school level, higher education, you know, football clubs, community trust, you know, and obviously something that we've obviously done now is, you know because the club kind of approached us we've kind of spread it into different sports yeah and I wanted to pick up on the fact that you were saying that you know the was it Exeter players were wearing the shirts and the Leeds United men's first team were wearing the shirts and it's being broadcast live on Sky to millions of people in the UK and even those it's being broadcast worldwide to those who watch it on illegal streams who probably shouldn't but anyway how pleasing is it for you to see her game to gain this sort of traction and for it to be and to have, I suppose, a Leeds men's first team be able to come out and support this great organisation when at times before players perhaps would have been a little bit hesitant. Yeah, it's been honestly amazing. You know, the support we've had, even from the very first day from, you know, clubs, players, people in the sports industry itself from all different levels has been you know phenomenal and I don't think any any of us really expected us to get that sort of support we we obviously we didn't really know what we were what it was kind of going to be like or you know what sort of reaction we're going to get and you know to be not even a year old and to have players like you know Patrick Bamford wearing our shirt Calvin Phillips being part of you know the press release launch that was a real kind of wow moment you know he's an England international and yeah and just to see it on TV it was it was amazing and one of my good friends works um over in America in kind of sports and he was saying how that game was broadcast on NBC and you know he was sending me pictures of the shirts uh like and that was so it was shown in America and that was just like oh my gosh like you know because obviously there are people that support Leeds and obviously Manchester United in America and you know people are going to see that and be like oh what what's that you know what's that about and then you know can look online and find out more about us and yeah it's just yeah like you <laughs> obviously this is all audio but you can see I have a massive smile on my face so yeah I'm, I'm extremely proud you should be because it's so hard to like get something to spread like to that extent in, in one year itself honestly it's amazing uh, I was wondering so then how did you decide to branch out to cricket what was the inspiration behind that so um it was it was quite interesting actually so Gloucestershire Cricket Club um together with Western Storm kind of approached us I think it was a couple of months ago and said you know we're really we're really we've seen what we're doing you know have you had any thoughts to branch out into cricket and so me and a couple of girls kind of got our heads together and we thought about it and I thought well 
you know, I'm, you know, I'm a cricket fan. I mean, my knowledge isn't as good as some, you know, you girls and other women that I follow on social media. I'm just more of a fan that like just likes to enjoy it and watch it. And then I thought that and I thought, well, yeah, I just don't see there's any reason why we can't spread it into different sports. So we kind of got together kind of some people that, you know, within the kind of the Her Game 2 football team who have more are also cricket fans as well or kind of play there are a couple of girls like Emma she plays for her local side and Ellie she kind of plays at uni and obviously myself as a fan and and yeah just kind of we kind of obviously decided that we wanted to obviously then partner with Gloucestershire Cricket Club and Western Storm and that's kind of how her game to cricket kind of grew really um I was really fortunate myself because they did a dedicated fixture on the 1st of June so Western Storm played in the T20 uh, sorry, in the Charlotte Edgewood's Cup, and then in the um, in the evening, then Gloucestershire played in the T20. And, you know, just to be there on the day, but also to kind of like go through the social media and kind of read it was just amazing. You know, that game was also on Sky Sports as well, and all the players were wearing the warm-up tops. Obviously, we kind of amended the logo to be more cricket-based, so with the cricket ball, which is really, really cool. And, yeah, and Gloucestershire had, a, like, a board with our, with our logo on, so I was able to have a picture with both sets of players. And, yeah, just to kind of see the support, but... But, you know, Gloucestershire and obviously Western Storm like together have been amazing from the very beginning. And, you know, Jess and Pete, um, the media, the comms guys there have been super, super supportive. And then from there, we kind of wanted to mirror what we've done in the football side so to have the ambassadors and, you know, to have people on board that, you know, can, you know, kind of champion what they do or like advise who've got like more, you know, more knowledge than ourselves and kind of can help out or open doors with certain things so for example we've got Hannah who I know is um, part of this podcast um, on board as an advisor and she's been amazing since she's come in um, obviously I know that she's very soon to have her baby so you know we're making sure that she's not taken on too much and then we've just literally announced today um, our first champion so obviously Georgie Heath um, again someone who you know in the you know and her knowledge of cricket is amazing and you know just when I when I'm me and Mark so Mark's kind of one of the he's a, one of the guys who's really kind of helping us out on the cricket side when we spoke to her she was just so supportive of what we're doing and then yeah we've got a couple of ambassadors so Abby Slade from Somerset who I'm sure many of you have seen her social media she you know she is cricket for and fro and you know her passion is so clear to see even though we support different teams within the West Country because obviously I support Gloucestershire and she supports Somerset it, yeah and then we've got Polly as well for Edgebaston and I think as we're we obviously we've only kind of partnered with Gloucestershire and Western Storm so far we're obviously really really keen to hopefully get partnerships across you know all the counties both obviously the men's side and the women's side and yeah and just kind of just see how far it can go so yeah that's kind of what our aim and obviously you know I think you know this week on um I'm trying to think I think it was yesterday actually you know with the women's test being taking place next week and you know people tweeting their excitement but then it ended up being something I don't know it was just it, it was it was really sad to see actually obviously you know the Barmy Army of course you know they want to support the women's team as much as they support the men's team and you know did a what a harmless tweet to say oh yeah it starts next week like be exciting about it and it just ended up being something that I know almost became like a pylon of people saying oh I don't want to watch that why are you shoving it down our throats and to me even though it was really upsetting to see that and obviously it's hard and I hope you know you know that the women players are going to see that and I hope that they don't feel disheartened but almost kind of emphasizes why we're doing what we're doing in a way because on like social media it, it, you know you can still see that there is an issue and obviously it isn't just football it's you know cricket like these these attitudes these misogynist attitudes are still there yeah I totally agree with that and I think it's such a shame that in 2022 we're still having these discussions about misogyny and 
in sport, in women's sport in particular, considering last year, you know, was a pioneering year for women's sport, was a record-breaking, groundbreaking year for sport. And to then have a man who's never watched women's cricket or women's sport in his life say, oh, it's not as good as the men's. Like, no one's asking you to sit there and watch it. If you don't like it, just turn the channel over. Like, is anyone sitting there holding a gun to your head saying you must watch it? No. (laughs) That's the thing. It's like, you know, we're not, people aren't saying, it's not like saying, oh, you have to watch women's football, you have to watch women's sport. You know, we're not saying that you have to enjoy it. But, you know, if there's people that are enjoying it and playing it, like, let them. There's nothing wrong with that. And like I said, it's it's sad in 2022 that, you know, people are still, you know, harbouring these attitudes. And, yeah, it's just really disappointing. But it kind of almost proves exactly why we're doing what we're doing. And, you know, we want to support, you know, obviously any women that are going to the games, obviously making sure that they, you know, feel like they're in an atmosphere that is supportive. And if, you know, if there is any instance, knowing that they can report it and actually feel like comfortable, also encouraging you know young women and girls to attend the games but also participate as well I think participation is you know key I mean I'm trying to think growing up in like primary school and secondary school I don't ever remember like cricket being an option like we could play in school like even in PA it was more like other sports and you know I've I've been kind of like I said I'm I'm, I'm not amazing at sports so I'm not gonna say I ever would play for any sort of level but you know it's like not even having those options to you know play it it's just yeah it's just kind of sad and I hope that you know in five ten years you know I feel like the growth of the women's game is kind of grow is you know had definitely grown over the last few years and will continue to grow I mean you know there's so many incredible women's players and oh, especially on the cricket side you know you could you can name you can name so many you know Catherine Brunt who's just you know retired from test cricket and your shrubs or you know the list goes on and you know they're role models and you know young girls should be able to look at them being like I can play too and I can do that I could you know and even if it's just you know you just play for your local club that's absolutely fine or you just play for fun on a Sunday that's great as well but it's just being able to actually have those opportunities to do that and not feel like somebody's going to say to you or those attitudes are already there in place like oh no you can't play that sport that's not for you it's a men's sport which makes my skin just crawl even saying it we we can definitely get behind uh, that, can't we, Mahika? Sure. <laughs> uh, I had a question. So obviously, as an NGO and even like being a woman watching sport yourself, you obviously have a lot like information regarding like how these sorts of like issues affect women. So I was wondering, does like intersectionality in terms of being a woman and coming from a minority background or being a woman and being part of the LGBTQ plus community, does that have a greater impact on how much you can consume and participate in sport? That's a really good question. I think there's, I would say the kind of attitude towards people from, I mean, I'm, I'm not either minority, so I can't say I could speak on behalf of those people, but from people that I know within like our, our team who are from minority backgrounds um, and from the LGBTQ plus backgrounds as well from that community, they definitely feel like they face, a, it's even like another kind of barrier as well. So, you know, when people were, you know, if they want to give their 
opinions on social media they're not facing just sexist comments they're facing like racist abuse as well potentially or they're facing homophobic or transphobic abuse and that's you know I think that's something that again that's a massive a massive issue and definitely something that's really come to the surface in the last kind of few months and you know the last couple of years but obviously there's also some really good organizations out there that are kind of you know we've kind of spoken to kick it out and kind of try to work together on things in terms of like education and we've spoken to Amwar who's amazing at fans for diversity and you know the work that he's been doing on that side of things but also on the football side we partnered up with Pride Football and you know we're also really keen to kind of educate ourselves you know on you know kind of LGBTQ plus issues and kind of you know how to kind of go around those things because obviously that's another for those people that have that barrier as well which is really you know that's really sad and you know even to the point that in like in for example in the football industry you know the first kind of male footballer came out in what 30 30 plus years and even that for me that was like I, can't, I couldn't believe that it's been that, that long since someone had last come out but also it's kind of you know people are like well why is it news I said well you know that's a big step that person's taken you don't know how long it's taken them to get to that position to even know say those words to say in public but also being in a a very sport dominated environment where you know by being open which is you know super important you're also opening up yourself to abuse as well but I also think it's that mentality that men have if they show any emotion or like they're considered weak when yeah they're not that they'd be far more respected and I think that's part of the problem there's this toxic lad culture lad banter where you could say something like for instance you could be like oh that's so gay which I would never think is an appropriate thing to say and they'll say that and they won't realize that that could set off a chain reaction in someone so it's I think it's trying to weed out the toxicity of these issues yeah definitely I think that's that's definitely like an issue itself it's almost like these attitudes from like the past have kind of passed down in generations and yeah there have been changes in some ways that have been positive but in some ways some people kind of almost like stuck and they kind of they don't want things to change because they feel like if someone tries to do something different or you know know, whether it's tackling racist abuse whether it's tackling homophobic abuse whether it's tackling sexism any type of abuse in football they're like oh you're trying to make it all woke or whatever the word people use I have no idea it's and it's just like well you know we live in a multicultural society where you know, if you're going to watch a school, there's going to be people there from different backgrounds. And why not ev- people from different backgrounds can enjoy it? I actually just happened to look on my phone today. I was actually, um, I was really lucky. I went to watch the Cricket World Cup in Manchester when I used to live. And, I wa- and it was West Indies against New Zealand. And I remember going, it's the first time I'd been to like an international game with a couple of friends. And I just remember like, looking around and, you know, there's people from completely different backgrounds, you know, West Indians, people from New Zealand neutrals like myself English and I was just looking around and you know it was such a friendly atmosphere I, I I loved I absolutely loved that cricket world cup I thought it was just amazing to obviously watch and not see England one which was brilliant you know just to be in the, that experience and just see people from different places and just chatting along and you know it was re- it was actually one of the best games of cricket I think I've ever watched I think it was one of those ones where the West Indies almost won but New Zealand I think they got the very last person out with like a couple of balls left and it was a really good catch and it looked like it was going for like six and then you just saw the guy uh, his hand just kind of went up and you just saw him grab the ball and just everyone's hearts just sunk because we all kind of ended up supporting like West Indies but yeah and it's just like well you know people can watch games like that all together and you know it'd be 
you know, a really great atmosphere, really fun. And, you know, people from different countries, you know, can all sit together. Then why sh- it should be like that all the time. I completely agree because I remember I went for the World Cup as well and it was it was a uh, Bangladesh against South Africa match and we went to the Oval and that was my first ever like live match in the UK and I was like oh, uh, my dad came with me and I was like oh my god imagine if I get to like work at the Oval one day imagine like me walking on the ground the next thing you know I'm walking in the 100 and I'm like in the Oval changing room and I was like who would have thought like that like, for me it was such a dream and it seems so unreachable but you know like I think being able to go for matches and like even being able to dream that it is possible is so important because you never know like you know which turn life is going to take and it, it was so surreal when I was actually in the dressing room to think literally last year I was wondering would I ever be able to like do something like this in my life so like I completely agree about like how important it is to go for live games yeah I love that as well because I definitely feel like as then with like role models and people in the sports industry especially if you're like younger you know like a a young girl or teenager kind of grown up and I think one of my favorite sayings is if you can see it you can be it and like your story there of like you know you went to your first game in the UK and then you thought oh I could you know imagine if I worked here and you achieved that which I absolutely love and yeah and that's thing like what you've done you might not even know it like if you know there'll probably be a young girl out there that'll see that and be like but I can do that as well and I can achieve my dreams and you know potentially work in sport or cricket or whatever they want to do and that's the thing yeah it's about it's also about like inspiring the next generation so I absolutely love that I just wanted to ask when you went to approach the football clubs and when Gloucestershire and Western Storm approached you was there any resistance from some of the Premier League clubs to get on board with her game too? So with Gloucestershire, no, because they, they came to us and were, you know, really, really keen. They were kind of more like more interested to see if we could spread the idea out. So that's why we kind of had a call and, you know, we thought, yeah, this is a really good idea to kind of spread it out into other sports. And it's kind of given us ideas because people are like, well, you know, this isn't just the case in football, it is the case in other sports. In terms of like the football side, when we partnered with clubs, obviously some of them we approached ourselves, kind of we went through kind of emails and spoke to clubs. Some of them, again, kind of approached us, really keen. In terms of Premier League, it wasn't really resistance, it's more of, you know, with certain things like sponsorship deals and things like that, they couldn't do, they couldn't do everything. So like in terms of like having shirts on in certain like dedicated games but we but they were like well we've got like flags that they gave out to lots of young girls instead and then at the women's game they put but they were able to wear it at the women's but they also had things like they bought like blue hoodies and they did a video and Izzy Christensen put like a post out about her game too and been really really supportive and Dominic Calvin Lowen had um, also did a video and would you know part of like the press re- release around the fixture again was in uh, like a Everton blue her game to a hoodie and that was you know that was really amazing and I was really lucky to be at that game be at that fixture myself and yeah it was just it was again it was a real surreal moment to see it like the logo up on the big screen and you know and Everton's you know a massive stadium it's like 40,000 people 35,000 40,000 people in and yeah just to kind of see it and to see it at that sort of level as well was just incredible. So, no, there, there hasn't really been, like, that much resistance, I think. It's just sometimes um, partnerships take longer for different reasons. But every club that we've got on board have been really, you know, really willing to, you know, to stamp out sexism. Obviously, you know, they, they work with the Football League and, you know, they do rainbow laces and they do kick it out as well. But, you know, to, you know, be able to work with them on this has been, you know, it's been really, really good. And some of the things we've done together with different clubs has been 
has been amazing actually and to be able to be at some of those games myself obviously you know my own club this course was a real real special day we did a dedicated fixture kind of similar to the cricket where it's back to back but that was I think one of the very first times it's been done in football so uh, the first team kicked it off at three o'clock and then the women kicked it off at quarter to around about quarter past six and it's the first time that the women have played at our our stadium and they had their biggest ever crowd and they won as well which was amazing so yeah so I'm sure you've heard about uh, various programs such as the Barclays uh, programs that they started to run in different schools to get more girls to play football in secondary and primary school. So I was wondering if you believe that such programs are actually effective. Yeah, I definitely feel like they're effective. I guess it's just how receptive like, the schools are themselves. I think it's really, really important that, you know, opportunities are given to every single school across the country, you know, for, you know, girls to take part you know to participate in sport you know whatever kind of sport it is whether it's football or cricket or rugby or you know whatever they're kind of interested in really and you know it shouldn't just be based in one area and whether it's like an affluent area it should be based like everywhere across the country like Cornwall to Scotland to London to you know Wrexham and yeah it should be something that's you know offered and available to all you know obviously you know not everyone is you know interested in sport or they like different types of sport and that that's okay but just being able to have those opportunities is really important um and for us kind of on our football side of things we're really really keen on supporting grassroots football and through that we've kind of with our merchandise sales we want to donate the money back into grassroots women's football because you know funding is very limited I think the FA gives something like 70 pound for every woman for one coach for every um, grassroots women's football team or that's their kind of allotted budget or something they're given and you know they've got to play for things like floodlights and kits and you know equipment and that's a lot of money and the funding is so limited so we kind of want to help out by you know in any way we can whether it's you know donating kit or it you know donating equipment things that they potentially need um so that's something that we're kind of like working we kind of been working towards and looking at doing and yeah so hopefully and to be honest like with our grassroots clubs as well they've been so incredible in terms of even you know we know that the funding's limited but you know when they partner with us they've been so proud and be like oh we really want our lo- your logo on our kits whether it's like a sheet um like a sleeve kind of patch or whether it's on like the, the shorts or something or in some way on the kits and we just think that's so I think that's so lovely but also that's kind of sharing kind of you know the message of what we're doing from like a younger age group as well I know that funding in the women's game especially in women's football there is such a disparity between the men's because there was a incident with the Chelsea women in 2009 where they almost went into administration and it was thanks to John Terry and a couple of other players who he managed to convince to help not only like fund money into the club and John Terry is still a president of the Chelsea women's team to this day like he funded their kit their training gear and everything so it is still a problem to this day because you even look at WSL yeah you've got teams like Chelsea Manchester City and Arsenal whose owners do put money into the women's teams but then you look at the other nine teams in the league and their men's team just don't get behind their women's. But but then when you flip it on social media, there are certain teams who perhaps don't invest as much money into their women's team, but they're so supportive on social media. So you'll see like Everton talk about their women's team, Tottenham, Chelsea, Manchester City. But then the rest of them do a really poor job. Like you'd expect a team like Arsenal to sit there 
promote their women's team who are arguably better than their men's, I might add. But it just seems to be that it's left to ex-players like Ian Wright to sort of get people behind the game. So how pleasing would it be to have someone like Ian Wright back the Her Game 2 campaign? I mean, if, you know... I don't know if Ian's going to be listening, but if he is, give us a call because we would love for you to be supporting us. But no, and the thing is with him, I, you know, I see him actively supporting, you know, the women's game, Arsenal women, but also the Lionesses as well. I saw he was part of that video for the the announcement for the European Championships, which is next month. And I know, but I know that he's doing it because he really believes in it and he's really, really supportive. And when you see like the coverage and... It, you know it's mostly women when when it's the women's football but he's the, he's the man that's on there and it's every time and you know his knowledge he he obviously watches it you know and has you know really good knowledge and really understands you know the women's game and do you know what as a former pro as well you know there could be lots of people that dismiss it and say oh I'm not going to do that or why why are you making me talk about that like, I'm not interested but he hasn't got that attitude at all and you know what fair play to him I was also wondering, now that you've bounced onto two sports, both cricket and football, is there any like unique differences or different challenges that emerge in cricket that doesn't happen in football and vice versa? Oh, that's a good question, actually. I guess more of the challenges will probably be as we kind of hopefully grow. I would just say, obviously, I guess a fundamental difference is at football, obviously in the profession, like the first kind of few tiers, you can't drink on the terraces. Obviously in cricket, different you can drink um, whilst watching the game so I guess that's kind of like a barrier in itself obviously you know people do have drinks before the game when they go to football and after but obviously you can't drink during so I guess that's kind of something that's a little bit different I don't know really I guess it feels like I thought that we you know with the the football side of things you know because obviously my head was kind of more football side I definitely feel like more especially in the last kind of few weeks like it feels like you know the misogyny that's you know still in football and like I said with the social media it seems to have even though it's obviously has already been there it felt like more recently it seems to be more coming to the forefront in terms of like cricket side of thing like you know I don't know if it's because we've been doing more about like we've been focusing more on the cricket side or just kind of you know we've set up her game to cricket just more women saying you know I'm really kind of disappointed by you know the comments about women's cricket or you know have received sexist comments themselves or you know, and I think that's something that's kind of not obviously ringing alarm bells because it's like this is kind of what we've been feeling on like in football as well. And it's kind of like that's obviously a similarity. And obviously it's a real shame, but it's like it's also about like changing these attitudes. And obviously, I guess the preconception with this cricket is it's, you know, a white middle class, upper class sport that's only to be enjoyed by, you know, gentlemen in posh suits and it's not. I think last year with the 100, I kind of noticed that was lots of families attending for the first time and it kind of made it more accessible to families, which I think is a really important thing because, you know, like I said, it should be a game that everyone should enjoy, you know, in terms of whatever format, whether it's T20, ODI, Test, the 100, whichever kind of format. And yeah, I think it's it's just that really. And just kind of, I think it's similar in terms of like increasing kind of female participation and female fans really so yeah there are there are similarities but in terms of differences I'm not quite sure yet but I think it'd just be kind of just seeing seeing kind of how things go in terms of you know what one hopefully with the growth of it and seeing if there is kind of anything that is more uniquely kind of cricket kind of based compared to football based 
I think that's a um, lovely way to end. I also think these weirdos who tweet these things behind the screen, they need to go outside and get some fresh air because they're obviously not getting enough oxygen to their brains. Like, if you're that sad that you have to sit behind a screen and tweet all this misogyny, like, you need to get a hobby. And I think it's the fact that some of these people, their teachers, their parents, they could be parents to to young daughters who want to perhaps pick up this sport and you're tweeting absolute utter nonsense that's the scariest thing because I was like I know I can speak on behalf of myself like in my family and I'm very very fortunate that my um my dad and my granddad who you know encouraged me to like took me to football and then I started watching more cricket with my dad as well like taking him to games going to games together that I've never once experienced anything to be like oh like he wouldn't want me there or wouldn't want me talking about it it's something that we I love sport he loves sport we enjoy it together it doesn't make a difference whether I'm a male or female I'm you know I'm his daughter I love it it's just as much as he is um you know one of the things is I actually we I, I ended up winning tickets actually very very luckily through Nissan um during the World Cup I actually ended up going to the Old Trafford semi-final and the first person I text was my dad going you're gonna to have to take this afternoon less whole day off like I've just been off been offered two free tickets through Nissan to go to the cricket world cup it's India New Zealand like you're gonna to have to come and he's like oh my god he's like you sure no one else like you want to ask anyone else like your friends I'm like no it's like you're my dad like you're first person in my head to invite along so but yeah but I but like on the flip side like it's I, I feel sorry for those people out there that you know feel like they can enjoy sport or and then they have those barriers in place because of, you know, people around them that, you know, still harbour these attitudes. And like, you know, you're right. Like it's 2022. Like that, I think that's all it needs to be said. I think a final one from the both of us is for our listeners, if they did want to get involved in her game too, how could they go about that? And how can they follow you on social media to keep up with everything you're doing if they can't perhaps afford to buy merchandise but they still want to be part of the movement yeah I mean to be honest like any support for us means everything so we are on social media so twitter facebook and instagram at hurricane two so that's our main football one and then yeah and that that has links to our website which has links to our email addresses and then on the cricket side our cricket account is hgt cricket or one word um, and again like this that's linked to our email and our website one of the things we're looking at doing especially on the football side is sorry on the cricket side getting away all my sports confusion today is yeah like like we said we're really keen to have ambassadors um you know for each of the counties so yeah obviously if anyone is out there listening and you know is a really kind of avid supporter of their their local their local kind of county yeah we're really keen to speak to you and kind of you know want to just kind of spread the message as far and wide as possible thanks for lucy for taking some time out of her busy day to chat to us about her game too and like she said if you want to get involved just email them go on the website like i said at the beginning of this episode it's really important that cricket is a game for everyone and it's 2022 we shouldn't still have to be dealing with misogynistic and sexist comments just because women like to enjoy and watch and even play sport so 
we're so grateful that her game two were able to spare some time and talk to us and we wish them well with everything they're doing and we're just so happy to help support them in any way shape or form and to all our listeners if you want to keep up to date with everything that we're doing you can follow us on twitter at wcricketchat on instagram at women's cricket chat and if you want to give us a like on facebook we are women's cricket chat if you'd like to give our personal twitters a follow then it's at hannity1194 at georgie heath27 at cassie coombs98 at mehika varshney and i'm at alex jane this has been women's cricket chat tune in next time